Alright, I'm firing up the old Twitter time. It's trending Twitter Tuesday here. Uh, no stand. Okay. Oh, here we go. So I'm going to take a picture of this. And then uh, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do check the old Silvertone. And I'm going to check the old Silvertone hashtag. I'll be right back. I mean, you won't know I'm gone. Believe me. Alright, so when we last left off, here we are at the conclusion of the final. I, I hope, I think it's the final part of our Halloween story here. Ideally, this is playing before Halloween. I'm not positive, though. We've got so much wonderful material from this accidental trip I took in the uh, unidentified, strange uh, after world I ran into. Uh, but the long and short of the story that you, you may or may not have heard is that... Uh, uh, Judy Garland was mad at me uh, for mixing her name up with Julie Andrews, who may have been mad at me. Somehow I met me up then to Joan Crawford in, in there somewhere. Uh, now it ends up as a lucky lucky thing I offended them because they're in some sort of alternative world. I think after, I think it's a parallel after, I don't, I don't know how to describe the world, but Judy Garland was in trouble and she called for me. The, the person that took me there was uh, my old piano teacher, and then she took me to, she, she, well, she just dropped me off, which I guess I should have at the time been like, well, why didn't you come see the lovely Judy, Judy Garland? But Judy Garland told me that her world was uh, under a dictatorship by, uh, I guess I, again, uh, you know, male jerk alert, Thado, I assumed was a man, Thado. And was a dictator. Is there is the dictator does sound very patriarchal, but uh, I don't know. It's about time we get some female dictators going. So I guess this is a start. Unfortunately, it's my old piano teacher. Spoiler. But in order to win, uh, Theta was willing to give up the the, the crown uh, by uh, costume contest. Theta's so confident. Thado is so confident in Thado's ability to uh, win costume contests every Halloween that she said, anybody that can beat me can, you know, have control of the universe. But if you come in third place or lower, I think if you just, if you enter, maybe second place, something, I don't know. So Judy Garland, I don't know, again, I don't know where she gets her information that I'm great at this. Well, maybe she saw something in me I couldn't see in myself because I said, hey, I'm pretty not bad at coming up with costumes. So I met uh, Joan Crawford, costumed her. I just come up with the ideas, which is good because I'm not good at uh, execution anyway. So I picked out her costume. Then I went to Julie Andrews, picked out her costume or her uh, character. And then also Mumble Bear and uh, Super Dave Osborne were escorting me as, uh, you know, helpers and Drake, you know, world-famous Drake. But uh, so we got that, then we went back to Then I found out my piano teacher was Thado. She tried to catch me and Drake, but Drake's dancing and singing remixes freed us. And then we got back to Julie Andrews, or no, oh boy, Judy Garland. Uh, picked a costume for Judy Garland and, and we said, hey, let's get a good night's sleep. Well, Drake was already asleep, actually. Drake goes to bed pretty early for a part, you know, for someone I thought was a partier. I guess when it's not time to party, Drake gets good sleep. It was smart, you know, this Drake, this is probably the best. Accidentally getting on this podcast is the best PR move. 
if Drake wants to start starting like our, you know, get get a breakfast cereal going or be in a car. Well, maybe not. But I mean, anyway, not important. Uh, so Drake was asleep, then I went to sleep, and now we, we let's pick pick up right where we left off. How's that sound? All right, so here we are. It's Halloween morning. Hey, everybody, it's me. Uh, it's Drake. Just here in my room with me and Drake. Drake's here. Or our Well, I guess it's not our room. It's in uh, Ju- Judy Garland's castle. But it won't be for long because soon she'll be moving. Well, I didn't ask her if uh, Sato has like a... Actually, the less I know about this universe, the better. All I know is uh, Drake's getting dressed up as A.C. Slater, looking smooth. Uh, but, you know, between you and me, Drake was like, does A.C. Slater have a catchphrase? And I said, probably. And, and Drake asked me what it was, and I said, I don't know. I honestly don't know. And then he said, you figure, and I said, do not call me Screech. We already talked about that. You know, if I have to, I'll be Lisa Turtle or... Uh, they said that's the only character I feel comfortable being and I said I have chosen not to be a Saved by the Bell character for Halloween and then Drake got all curious Drake said why do you think you identify with Lisa Turtle and then he did a pause like that where I thought he was inquisitive and he said and not Screech and I said, I don't know, maybe I, I, I don't know, maybe I just, I don't know, I don't know, Drake. I just, uh, I don't want to be Screech, and no offense to the other characters. I'm not sure I could or would want to fill Zach's shoes. Obviously, you've got AC Slater covered like I've never seen before. And I was like, you know, you're like the best AC Slater I've ever encountered. I mean, well. So I don't, I don't know why they say, you know, I could never be like you, AC, AC. And they said, was this all just to help you brainstorm one of his, and he said, yeah. And I said, well, yeah, sorry, I don't know. I haven't watched Saved by the Bell in a while. And then there was a knock at the door and, uh, they said, yes. And I said, it's time to depart because it was Halloween, Halloween late afternoon, to be honest with you. All Hallows afternoon, and it was time to, uh, time to, uh, time, time to, uh, time to go. Uh, it's time, time to go, uh, and it was time, time to go, so we went down, anyway, boring stuff, went down through the castle. I mean, I guess it wasn't boring, I just didn't take the time to appreciate it, because it's like, when are you going to be in a castle again? But whatever, what, do you, what can you do? What can you do? So I guess I just said it was boring. Probably wasn't. Somebody that, you know, especially a castle lover would say, Would you believe this castle's not made it? And I'd say, Yeah, we're in, I don't know where the hell we are. Believe me, I just don't want to stop and think about it because I got Drake here. He's a human, living human. We're going to see Garland. She's a queen. But as far as I know, you know, it's mind boggling. Okay, let's just keep, let's keep it. And then I get to the bottom of the stairs. This much is clear. Oh, and standing in front of me is freaking, uh, what do you call that thing? The, the dude Wesley. I said, geez, I don't know his last name. Uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts. And he's like some sort of, uh, I, I'm sure I said, geez, this guy is, uh, and then I said, is that Carrie Hughes, right? Carrie Hughes. 
And I would say, uh, I know Quentin Tarantino's not going to listen to this. So I would say to the next young person out there who will be, you know, there will be another person. It won't be the same as Quentin Tarantino, but uh, uh, up and coming, you know, you see, because Quentin Tarantino has been so good about uh, finding these diamonds in the rough or resurrecting these careers. I mean, uh, uh, John Travolta, uh, and now Christopher Waltz, who seems to be a star of the new Bond movie. I mean, holy mackerel. So, and then, you know, the beloved Kurt Russell. And I would say, gee, you know, or maybe Quentin Tarantino, what about Carrie Hughes in a movie? I mean, we, we, we yeah. Uh, but uh, staying in front of me, I thought it was Carrie Hughes. And then, it, and then I heard the beautiful, like I said, the sweet uh, tones, the near tearful, tearful twinkle in her voice, a Ju- Ju- Judy Garland. And she sang a little Hills Are Alive to be silly. And I said, oh, yeah. I said, well, where's uh, Hepburn? I said, where's our little Hepburn in Ingo Montoya? And she said, meeting us there. And I said, are we taking, uh, you know, we, we message, you know, tubes, uh, muskies tubes or flying by eagles. And Garland said, you, you don't have a costume. And I said, yeah, clearly, clearly I don't. I, I'm going, I said, I, I, uh, I have personal business to attend to. And she said, you can't go without a costume. I said, I'm not going to the party, Miss Garland. And Drake said, what do you mean you're not going to the Halloween? I said, it's time to go. We could discuss this on the way if we're flying by, if we're going by way which we can have a conversation. And then Judy Garland whipped out her foil again, her Wesley foil. And she said, Zane, we are ready for your music. I think that's what she said. I couldn't understand. I think she said Zane. And for a second I said, like, Billy Zane, Billy Zane. And then Drake elbowed me, and I said, oh, like a Zane, I should know. And I would have said she should have said Hans Zimmer, because all of a sudden I hear one of the sweetest sounds in my book, which is uh, organ music, Some somewhere between Interstellar and Halloween. Uh, someone, some genius wrote, wrote a little uh, organ uh, song, and this was, you know, some sort of castle-based organ system. But what I did not realize was, I mean, I could feel, you know, when, you, when you're really getting hit with, when I was at Interstellar, I was in the front row of that movie. Now, it happened to hit the gold mine in front rows because this was a movie theater that had uh, maybe some sort of repurposed thing. So between the front row and the screen, you're talking like 20 feet. So this was the one front row you'd want to be in. And so when that organ played, oh, it was hitting. And this was even more powerful. It, 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 my atoms, you know, I said, uh, you know, my dark matter was dancing. And I said, okay, I'm going to tell them I'm going as dark matter and quarks if they ask again. And then all of a sudden, Judy Garland said, get close. And I started to feel myself swept away by music and every you know you hear that all the time and the music swept me away or i swept away in the music or you know swept it or so so come sail away but this music actually it more buttered us away it, it kind of picked us up on some sort of cushion of powerful uh you know two ba- i guess two bass tones because they're coming through tubes 
Now, clearly there's some more sort of mystical, powerful element here. But we were carried on the music. Now, what was nice about it is that the music, we were on the music, so we weren't in the music. So it was like the three of us were sitting there. And i got to tell you, uh, probably not realistic to have a music-based bed. Since this technology, I don't even know what the hell it was other than an organ and the sweetness of Judy Garland and, you know, some, but, but, uh, it was so comfortable. You know, you say, you think about being on a cloud, you know, everybody thought about that, you know, and, and I've, you know, I've worked that metaphor to, 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 to extreme levels. Or you think about, geez, what's the perfect bed made out of, you know, you know, kitten feathers or, I was just kidding there, uh, or whatever, you know, baby's tears, I don't know, baby tear waterbed, is that, is that too strange? See, it is Halloween, okay, so I gotta go down, you know, gotta do. But this traveling by organ, traveling on organ music, now let's be, be clear, it was just damn comfortable, and I think it was the density of the, you know, again, I don't know any music, but it was like, uh, it was just great. And I said, this is really going to piss off my piano teacher, too. I said, and uh, Judy Garland slapped me high five. And I said, why didn't you tell me, Theta, you know, I, you know, and she said, you're doing good. And she said, you're not going to be dark matter for uh, uh, your, your costume. I said, no, I'm backup. Don't worry. I'm backup. I said, I don't trust Theta. I don't trust, uh, I did trust my piano teacher. And then Drake said, well, why didn't you practice, Screech? And I said, I said, don't, don't push me, Drake, because I will find a skirt and, uh, you know, I'll put, you know, I will make myself into the, the worst Lisa Turtle you've ever seen. And suddenly, you know, it'll be saved by the bell, bell saved by the building. And, uh, me, you, you, you and Lisa Turtle, it'll be A.C. Slater and Lisa Turtle's wedding, Drake. And we'll be headed, and then Judy Garland started egging, egging it on. But Drake was just going just along with it. You know, he's a little, a little, and he was saying, no way I would get raw with that. And I said, you better believe it. You'd be r- r- running uh, A.C.'s wedding, you know, raw. And they kind of did that, like they just both looked at me. And Garland said, well, what's the plan? I said, well, where, where the hell is Hepburn? And I said, I just wanted, I've been wanting to say that. Where in the hell is Hepburn? I wish I was a big uh, a director back then, because I'd say, where in the hell is Hepburn? Get her on this damn set. And Judy made it. I said, don't worry, I'll, I'm planning on multiple apologies to her. And she said, she's, and I said, is she going to meet us out front? Because we're going to do multiple reveals. And I said, is this like a, I said, this is like a dictate, you know, you said it's a rocking party. And as we got close, the party sounds started to put a little vibration into the, the uh, choral, whatever you call them. Did I say they were organ-based tones we were riding on? And Judy Garland said, do you, do you have a plan? I said, no. I said, I thought you, I said, I had a plan to pick out good costumes for you. And I have a plan to introduce you, you know. And then I ripped off my clothes and I had a cheap tuxedo on underneath it that I had designed for me all night long. By You know, I'd stayed up all night with the royal costumer. 
And I said, you guys don't have to worry. I said, the only thing you need to worry about is that I'm, you don't need to worry. I'm more, I said, my middle name's worry. So I, I have what we should be worried about on my mind. But I'm also confident. I mean, you, if you should, I said, what is that material, by the way, Miss Garland? That looks so comfortable. I mean, it looks, it looks like, I mean, obviously it was a magical universe, but it looks like they had taken all the best things about spandex. And all the best things about Cool Max, all the best things about cotton, and then maybe, and then da- I, I said, how the hell do you get a dash of crushed velvet on anything? I, I said, when you're making clothes. And she just laughed, and I said, uh, but so if, you, if, if I haven't been clear, Judy Garland's dressed as Wesley the Dread by Roberts from Princess Bride. Drake is dressed as A.C. Slater from Saved by the Bell. And as our tones take us in, I see where we're headed. I, 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 I see it's like far away, so I say, I say, what is that? I say, it looks like and my stomach does a little uh, vibration, like a little, like almost, what do you call that when it's uh, reactionary? And I say, oh, I said, what was that? And because I, I, I was just about to say how confident I was because we had Judy Andrew, Julie Andrews. And Mumble Bear ready to go, and I'd, I'd seen um, you know crystal ball images of them and uh, Joan Crawford, who no matter what history says in this story seems like uh, no no problems so far. And I you know I'm the person that has problems with people so and her her costume is along with her date Super Dave Osborne. and then it starts to get clear, and I start to think I'm in some sort of deja vu. Because I say, my stomach again does twice it shakes. And I say, oh no. And, and, and then I start to hear uh, the, the choral, you know, the, the what do you call that? The, them playing the organs. And I notice I'm sinking through the organs and Drake and Judy Garland are kind of panicking. But my ears have already hit the organ. So I can, all I can hear is what would be wonderful organ music if it wasn't in the center of it. And it's a terrible organ music. But they can't compare to the vibration in my stomach because what I see in front of me is the street where my piano teacher lived. And what I see in front of me is a giant version of her house. And, 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 and I don't know, something on my lizard level has, has erupted in a way that I can't, uh, it can't, can't possibly process. And as I start to sink deeper into this, uh, both emotional turbulence and the musical turbulence, you know, I reach up for Drake and uh, Judy Garland, but and then I, is a, I must have hit a, a, a higher note that was tra- – I said, well, that's a good question for a scientist. Uh, do notes travel at different speeds or not? Uh, do higher notes travel at uh, different speeds or not? I don't, I don't know. Honestly, I have no clue. Uh, so I started speeding up, and I shot past Drake and Judy Garland, and I started shooting towards the uh, – uh, the front yard, of my, and I said, you know, okay, don't fall into I said, okay, try to stay in, in the present. Feel your hands and your feet. Feel your hands and your feet. 
And I felt like I was picking up, picking up speed. And then I, I said, okay, it's going to try to shoot me through the door. And it was, uh, I was shrinking down to the size I was as a piano, you know, or maybe even bigger, but I felt even smaller. Or maybe I was overreacting, but I tried to go into a dive mode. And I said, if I can get into the front grass, maybe I, and then I dove into the front grass. And I went like halfway through, maybe no, not even halfway through. My hands in my up to my armpits went into the ground, and I my head poked through the ground. And of course, it was a chamber of partying uh, uh, mole people. Because the parties are for all, you know. This is like a party for the whole universe, I think. And they 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 said uh, they said La Posada. And I said, no, no, Lisa, Lisa Turtle, Lisa Turtle. And I must have, uh, I guess at some point I started to, maybe I took, I mean, I did have a Lisa Turtle costume uh, with my, and I said, oh, no, 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 that's just uh, front yard grass. And I said, oh, La Poseidon, like I look like an upside down Poseidon. And I said, you guys got to get me. And I said, oh, boy. He said, Trabajando work. Dig, I don't know. And I was just making a thing with my head, and then they just pushed me back out. And I said, well, that was strange. And I looked around, and I don't know how much time, you know, time gets weird in these worlds. But I didn't see anybody around. I didn't hear any. I just heard a thumping of something of music. And I said, okay, well, I better not go in the front door because something, something's afoot. And I said, I need to figure out what's afoot. So I went around the back. And then it was the backyard of my piano teacher's house. Now her son had lived with her, and he was always working on cars. And so there was a lot of cars back there. And I said, well, this is very... And then, it, then my stomach quaked again because they said I looked at myself and I was a boy again. I said, "Oh no!" And I, I, I said, I, "And then I saw I could see into her house from her backyard. She had like a sliding glass door, and she would have the recitals right in her living room. You know, right the same piano we would have our classes at." You know, just a little intimate gathering in the living room. And the kids would wait in her den, and I saw all the parents there. And I, I usually would try not to get—I would usually try to tell my parents, you know, that there was no—recital was canceled. I just have class, except when my sister was taking piano lessons. And luckily, since my parents had six kids, only one of them could come, usually anyway, because I would always be playing chopsticks in one other song— that was just in, like, lesson one, you know, chapter one, lesson four. Like, uh, raindrop on the roof, I think it was called. It was just like, ding, 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 ding. And people would clap lightly. And, and I mean, when I played Chopsticks, you know, that's a, that's a kill. They say, geez, that kills, you know. I mean, one day I thought maybe I'll work my way up to that. And I think once in a while one kid, a kid would play that, and I would salute them internally and say, what well, damn good job. We got ourselves a future show person, you know. But then I came to because I said, okay, I've tr- I said, I hope I'm still in the same universe, but this is clearly a piano recital day. 
And I said, I guess I'm a little Andy. And I said, I, I said, okay, internal thing, run. That, that was, I'll be honest, fight or flight instinct kicked in. It was flight. And so I had to counter. I said, please, for the love of Judy Garland, for the love of Ju- Julie Andrews, for, for the love of, of Joan Crawford, for Canada and Drake, for Super Dave Osborne, for Mumble Bear, uh, take one step closer to the house. And then I did it again. Take two steps closer to the house. So take three and four and five. And then I heard the kids, they were all talking. And like I said, my piano teacher had awesome taste in cookies, recital day cookies. Like she had those ones that were like little cakes. They were a cookie size. But it was really like a little layer cake and chocolate. And then she had the punch, which at the time in my youth was the going punch at all children's parties. If you didn't have orange drink, you had this punch, which was, uh, and I believe the ingredients, well, I guess all these ingredients have been shown to cost, you know, they're toxic now. But it was a Hawaiian punch mixed with, I believe, Sprite. I don't know if it was Sprite or ginger ale. And there may have been a third ingredient, which could have been vanilla ice cream, but it might have just been those two things. And this was a legendary, you know, this was the party punch of you know, the 19, late 80s, I guess this was. Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe. Like, so I said, just get yourself some punch, act, okay, never had to worry about acting cool. And uh, the kid that would one day call me McFly was there. I think he probably had a derogatory nickname for me at the time. But he said, well, it's nerves, it's piano nerves. And then there was a girl that refused to kiss me and spin the bottle game because she was afraid. Not out of meanness, that's what she said, was that I should be afraid that I would fall in love with her for kissing me during Spin the Bottle, which was probably correct. Uh, So, no, I think she did kiss me on the forehead, and she said, remember, this means nothing. And I said, not to me, it doesn't. Oh, boy. I said, not to me, it doesn't. It means everything. But they were all there, but all the kids, they were saying stuff to each other. They said, one kid said, uh, Zuzu now record. And I said, what? And then I tasted the punch. I tasted neither like Sprite nor Hawaiian punch nor generic versions of those. Nor something like it, like ginger ale and Hawaiian punch. And then a kid said to me, Aragoon? And I said, is Thado in the house? And then the kids all nodded. And I said, okay. I said, listen. They said, I might look like a kid, but I'm an adult now. And he said, he said, I don't know what's going on here, but y'all look pretty, pretty scared. It's okay. Everyone just eats your cookies. The cookies taste good. And some of the kids said, man, it's a, they said, my kid said, March 13. I said, March 13th. And then someone said, the kid said, Vic, Vic. And he was handing me a cookie. I said, oh, it's eat. Okay. I said, no, no, no. I, I don't want to fill up. I have a battle to do with a, with a, a villainous piano teacher. And then I heard the pluck, pluck, pluck of a, of a, what you, a Baroque era instrument called, a, whatever the hell it was called from last time. You know, the things, the harpsichord, you know, common knowledge, but it comes to me a little slower, like that button I talked about. And then I went into this uh, tiny living room, and then I noticed sitting on the couch where it was, well, it was emotionally parents. I saw sitting on one couch Julie Andrews and Mumble Bear. 
And then sitting on another couch was uh, Drake and Catherine Hepburn, which I went to introduce myself to, but there was some sort of force field. And then I saw the corner of my eye, uh, Judy Judy Garland, Drake, Mumble Bear was there with Julie Andrews somewhere. And did I say uh, Joan Crawford and Super Dave Osmond? They were all there. But everyone was, was kind of speechless, but they were also, it was like, a. I said, is this a duality of humanity going on here? And I said, probably not. But it was also still a, a, like a grammar school, piano class, whatever, rehearsal. And I said, okay, just do, just do your best. And I said, is it hot in here? Uh, and then, then I heard Thado, a.k.a. my piano teacher, and she said, she said, have a seat, Andy. It's time for your performance. And I said, okay, okay. And I cracked my knuckles, which I knew she said that was banned. Like you, would, you wouldn't be able to be in the rehearsal to crack your knuckles. Actually, I should, I should elaborate. I tried to crack my knuckles the cool way, which, you know, is the old uh, inner winding fingers, you know, bend them back. And uh, I couldn't do that, so I couldn't do it the cool way, unfortunately. So uh, that was blown. But, but I sat down. I said, "Okay," and I said, "Do you have to have my uh, sheet music, Miss D?" And she she said, "You won't be needing any sheet music." And I said, "Yeah, that's right. I I don't need any sheet music because I don't play the harpsichord." And I stood back up, and with the back of my heel, I knocked the uh, piano, well, I guess it was a harpsichord seat down, or whatever, bench, uh, spilling out all these things. And I said, I'm not here for some uh, paralyzing, emotional rehashing of my youth, ending in a, 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 a apology. I already gave you an apology. I'm sorry that I was a terrible piano student. And the room was silent. I think partially because I think the people were locked in the reality, and it's like if if a kid did this at the beginning, and I said, and I said, all the other kids, come on out, come on out, and I said, everybody, they said something strange is going on here, but let's be in the moment of this piano recital. I said, how many of you, how many of you really like playing piano? And two kids raised their hands. I said, great. And I said, and there's no shame. Everybody that wants to play the piano or enjoys it, raise your hand. And I, I said, uh, how many of you don't want to be here? And then some other kids raised their hands. And I said, I said, okay, parents, do you understand? And I said, parents, if you're here somehow, I know this is some sort of astral projection situation, but if you could see what we've done to this poor piano teacher, and yes, I am the focal point of the wrongdoing because I've done the most wrong. But somehow we've created ourselves a dictator of an entire universe, a universe populated by the living and the post-living. And and, 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 and I, I need to right these wrongs. So this re- recital is no longer, it's over. Everybody go home, and if my theory's correct, you know, uh, this is all an illusion. And as I said that, it all faded away. And uh, Drake actually said, wasn't the name of Steve Spurrier? Because uh, as the spell was broken and we were in a giant uh, ballroom with thousands and thousands of revelers, 
who somehow were reveling the whole time and watching this unfold. But they weren't, you know, disturbing the, the illusion. And the piano teacher said, uh, how did you know? And they said, you didn't, the, the, you, the party, you have the party punch. You didn't, you didn't have a fake party punch. This is a punch from the real party. They said, you, they said, some, you, they said, I guess since, uh, Hawaiian Punch has been outlawed. You can't even get it in this universe. And she said, drats. And I said, plus a harpsichord. You can't create... Harpsichords are illusion-proof because they're a plucking instrument and not a hammer-based whatever the hell it is. So, you know, those are the reasons why I knew... I said, said, actually, that was a bad move. And I said, when it's Thedo, Carol... I said, why don't you, and she said, no, 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 we're done with your feel-good things. Uh, I think she wanted to call me Screech, but I think she was going to call me Grinch. I mean, she could have maybe called me Turtle. And then she said, uh, Vic, uh, Chargers, get them. And then all of a sudden, it was like, uh, all of a sudden, these guys came out, like guards. And I said, aren't we having a, a costume contest here? And she said, there'll be no costume contest. This was all... Uh, and I said, this was all a misguided attempt, but one problem, Thado, you agreed to, to, to do a costume contest. You held a traditional Halloween party, and I guess you thought that your, your illusion and your return to childhood would destroy me. And then she weeped for a minute and said some really bizarre stuff that I'll keep away from you. I think she thought we'd get married. I, I honestly think that, and that I would apologize so profusely, and that we would rule this uh, universe with iron, uh, you know, little plucking, not an iron fist, because, uh, like, whatever instrument, you know, plucks the harpsichord, uh, I, I'm presuming that's iron. It would be like a couple of, a couple of iron pluckers ruling over this universe. So she, I guess she was upset that her plan was terrible, but, but, you know. And she, she, she said, get them. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I said, who's here for a costume contest? And then, to be honest, I, uh, since I had a tuxedo, it does give me mild authority. I jumped on a table. I said, microphone, please. And if you could see Drake's f- f- face light up for me and Super Dave and Mumble Bear. And I said, you know, doing the color commentary tonight is going to be Mumble Bear for a minute. And I went through the room. And to be honest, it was, you know, your standard party level of... uh like costumes, wide variety, and you know stuff like you know I see each you know only one Trump, two two you know four Trumps. You know I say you you Rand Paul, you're gonna have to leave. And he said I'm Ron Paul. And I said hit the road, you know. And then he said no, I'm Ron Paul. I I, I need you to free me too. And I said, he said, I don't have time for this, buddy. I said, it's, it's going to be a stroke of midnight, and then we're going to be busting on a technicality here. But me and Mumble Bear, we did some material, like commenting on people, you know, Scooby Doo. And then I'd say, Mumble Bear, what, we, this was the funniest part, so I'll just give you that. I said, Mumble Bear, you know, it kind of pretended like we were hosting. He said, what was your favorite uh, costume outfit tonight? And Mumble Bear was saying, that's me, that's me, you know. And I would say, did you say the uh, King of Minos? And I'm thinking, okay. 
And I would say, did you say Rudy? I'm sorry, what? And it, it, it became painful, which was, you know, my method. I said, well, who who wants to listen to me and Mumble Bear? And who wants to get down to the costume contest? And I said, defending the evil universe, we have a piano teacher whose spirit was broken by an evil young boy who, who has apologized and he cannot do, you know, for wrongs he could never possibly write. He is sorry. So sorry. But just being irritated by a horrible young boy does not give you the right to uh, uh, to take a dictatorial stance in another universe. And uh, costumed, that creature is costumed as a dictator and a, uh, a harpsichord player. Uh, but it really is. My, and then, and then uh, Theta, a.k.a. Carol, wanted to explain her. How we, and I said, no, 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 no. If you got, I said, there'll be no explaining. I said, contestant number one, Harpsichordy will call you. And then I said, ladies and gentlemen, you know, the U.S. relations with Cuba have been thawing. I know you're up here in your strange little world. And a lot of you wonder where it all started. Where did the trouble all start? Well, I don't really know my history of anything, but I would think it started with a couple of missiles and a couple of guys named uh, Ingalls and uh, uh, and, and Marx or Marx and somebody and a man uh, named. And then Spotlight swings down and Joan Crawford's there. And I said, Fidel Castro. And she strolls out smoking a stogie, turns around, shoots out her hair. A mambo, we'd, we'd set up with the band at a time. Mambo plays and across the room dances the most strangest uh, uh, combination of music. She said, it's not a drag, uh, Marilyn Monroe. They say, Jesus, is that, is that my older aunt dressed as Marilyn? And it was Super Dave Osborne as Marilyn Monroe. But with such a joy, well, there wasn't, he didn't seem like he really liked it. He seemed, but, but he, he did his best because he's an actor and a performer. And he danced across the floor and started dancing. And I said, contestant number one, Fidel Castro, anybody know who that is? And thank goodness somebody said uh, Joan Collins. And I said, well, that person's going to be doing the costumes next year, buffoon. And I said, who, who here's heard of the Olympics? And then Mumble Bear was gone, you know. And I said, what's the most boring uh, thing in the Olympics? And people said, I'll see, you know. I said, well, I said, what's more boring than that? I said, what if you took something... That's unwatchable, unless someone you know and love is running in it. And you put it on a TV, and you said, well, geez, we're just going to catch a couple highlights. And then I said, well, I said, what, what, no one could guess. I said, what is, what, what, Chariots of Fire, boom. And then they started playing Chariots of Fire. And I said, once upon a time, there was a woman who loved to run, a woman who hated shoes. That's woman's name, Zola Bud. And she rounded the turns. And it, this was, I think, in America. I think in Zola Bud was from another UK. And hot on her heels was one Mary Beth or Joe, Mary, Mary Decker. 
and then, you know, a life-size bear in a running tracksuit is so cute, you know. And then they were racing around the room, and then they collided. And I said, you know, and I said, you know, one uh, shoeless person who would live forever in infamy is Zola Bud. And I said, everyone can just say that with me, Zola Bud. Zola Bud. And then we start chanting Zola Bud. And I said, that is a name for Channing. And then, you know, her her and, you know, Julie Andrews, I said, is a very active-seeming person. So she was, run, you know, they were, it was so fun. And then someone said, who the hell is that? I said, it's Zola Bud. And they said, well, that's not a costume. I said, You're, it's a costume. It's so good. And then Julie Andrews jumped up on a table and sang, The hills are alive. And she held that note until some glasses broke, I think. And she jumped off the table, and the room was stunned, obviously. And then I guess DeAndre didn't show up. Something about the universes or something. But then a confused Spanish swordsman wandered into the room and meanwhile, this was like at first it was uh, it was like street theater or something, asking people, "Have you seen a man with six fingers or whatever the hell it is? It was a man who requested this sword, and it looked like uh, they said those sweet locks were those Mandy Patinkin's real locks, or were they? Was that a wig?" And for a second, I said, "Is that Mandy fucking Patinkin?" And they said, "Where the hell's uh, Hepburn?" But then I caught and I said, "I think that is Hepburn." And I still didn't know, but it, especially as I was, I, and then I said, man, this Hepburn is a freak. No wonder she's so beloved. She starts doing, uh, she's introducing herself as in, in the Indigo Montoya. And then she jumps up on a table. And I said, there's a lot of table jumping at this party. And she points her sword at Dado and does the whole Indigo Montoya. You know, he's good, my father prepared to die. And all of a sudden, across the room, uh, you hear Indigo stop, and then you see uh, Spotlight searching for the go. Theta was mine, and it's it's Wesley. Well, first it was Dread Pirate Roberts, and then everyone goes, oh. and then she pulls the mask from her face, and it's Wesley. I mean, Gar- Garland Wesley. And she's right there with Zato. And then, I'll be honest, it's a spoiler because this is just a podcast. I climbed under the table. I did have a buttercup outfit on, of course. I was just kidding about the Lisa Turtle thing and not having it. And I had a wig and everything. And I climbed back out. And the next thing, as soon as I climbed back out, Zato's standing there, grabs me, and starts running. And I said, is this street, is this acting or am I in trouble? And then the, Wesley's like, stop. And then it, it became like a, what do you call that when people say zoinks? You know, madcap caper like scene. Because you had uh, my piano teacher who obviously being a dictator and maybe the harpsichord's good for your muscles is carrying me dressed as buttercup, being chased by a Judy Garland as Wesley was, was top speed. Catherine Hepburn as Indigo Montoya with their swords drawn or their foils, I guess they're called. Uh, right behind them is uh, Zola Bud, a.k.a. Julie Andrews. And uh, Mumble Bear is Mary Decker. And then uh, Fidel Castro. 
and uh, Super Dave Osborne as uh, Marilyn Monroe. And I said, oh, boy, I'm in trouble. And then my piano teacher was making a run for the, the, the sliding doors where the illusion had started where I walked into her house. And I said, okay, it's some sort of, and who steps in front of the sliding doors but A.C. Slater and uh, A.K.A. Drake crosses arms. And I think A.C. Slater was big on doing the old crossed arms um, uh, bicep pump up, you know, where he put his knuckles behind his I mean, I'm sure he had good buys. I'm positive of it, but you know, he, you know, when there's a pitcher, you know, do do a little push-up eyes, you know, say, geez. So he was doing that, which made him even more intimidating. And then uh, Thado skidded out, uh, and I think Drake did say some sort of line from AC Slater, but I, it was like schools in session or something like that, or not again, Morris. I don't know what it was, but it was. I mean, he did Mario Lopez, Canada. I can tell you again, you could be proud of this Drake, you know. But uh, my piano teacher, she slid, and then she started heading in another direction. And I, I, said, uh, I said to myself, what in the heck? And I started to wriggle. I said, I got to get this. I said, stop. And, and, and then, I, and then I, I was trying to wriggle out. And I said, oh, Zola, but, and I said, Zola, bud. Zola, bud. And everybody started chanting, and then uh, they blocked the door. And I said, I think we have a winner for the contest, and everyone erupted in joy. And then everyone was chanting Zola Bud, and then I went up to the stage, because I guess I became the MC at some point. And uh, I said, I'd like to present this award uh, to, you know, I just used more barefoot. I, I said, a good thing I had a book of barefoot running jokes. Uh, most of, you know, in soul about jokes, but it, you know, you don't need to hear them because I, I don't even remember them and they weren't good. But I said, ladies and gentlemen, you're a winner. You're new. I said, are you going to be a dictator? I said, is this a dictator? You know, are you going to wear shoes? What are, what's going to be the, is that your first thing? It's dictator. And Julie, Julie, Julie Andrews stepped up and she took the mic from me and she said, no, because, you know, I, obviously I, I got to return to earth for a little while longer. And I said, oh, boy. I said, can you sell short stock? I said, don't want anybody to get that out. That's uh, insider trading. I said, how long do you have, though? And she just laughed. And I said, I'm sorry. I just, I've named Julie Andrews. And she said, I'd like to turn things over to the real hero, the one who started. And I said, no, 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 I can't run. And she said, the one we love. The one who stole our hearts and kept stealing them. And then they, their eyes, her eyes got flushed. And I said, these two really care about each other, Ju- Julie Andrews and Judy Garland and even Joan Crawford. She tried to get in in the hug, but I said, okay, well, I said, uh, but I said she seems more of an introvert Crawford. And Hepburn did not break out of character. She was like freaking Andy Kaufman or something working in the room still. And looking for, and I, and I think, um, I'll be honest, I think I saw Christopher Guest there. I was worried for his safety. But luckily he was dressed, I think, as, uh, I think he's Christopher, what was his name? Kevin Klein. Christopher Guest was dressed as Kevin Klein. 
I know, strange, but she said I turned, you know, the power of this universe over to Judy Judy Garland. And then Judy Garland said, you know, she said some nice things about me, but I don't want to say it. But she did give me, she said, do you want to say anything? And I said, I do. I said, anyone out there, you know, there's been a lot of pomp and circumstance tonight in the past five or six weeks in this uh, little quest we've been on. I said, but, but you know, I said, I, I said, because Theta was still there. I said, you know, it's important to apologize, but maybe sometimes it's important to apologize for a third or fourth time. And to any kids out there, don't be afraid. You know, start start learning to say no early, kids. And say it a lot. And then mumble yourself and say, I don't know. I said, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, you know. I don't know. If you don't like piano, don't take piano lessons, okay? And uh, don't be afraid to say you don't like piano uh, because you don't want to take any piano time away from the kids that do. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry for being a terrible piano student. And it, and in some sense, and I know this is is not 100% true, but at times a terrible child. And I said, would you forgive me? And then it, somehow that broke the spell. And I'm not trying to put myself out as like the frog prince or anything like that. It, and I said that to her, actually. I said, I'm pulling like, I said, we will not be getting married, Sado, piano teacher. And she said, I know, you got to return to your world. I got to return to mine. And I gave her a really big hug. And he said, I'm really sorry. Uh, if I could do it again, well, I said, then I wouldn't have material for this podcast. So I would have be torn of what to do. But I said, if I could do it again, I'd eat a hell of a lot more of those cake cookies. I'll tell you that much. Because, And I said, you know what? I appreciate all your effort. Maybe that's what I should have said at the time. Your hard work. I bet you weren't making a lot of money. And I know you had a day job, so... Thank you so much, and I'm sorry I couldn't appreciate it at the time. And it sure wasn't easy for my parents to have a kid. They were paying to go to piano that wasn't doing anything. And, you know, they could have spent the money on something else, too. And for my brothers that could have taken piano. But, you know, obviously that was it. Once, once you know, I ruined the piano teacher. You know, word gets around, so... And then Drake said, hey, it's time for us to go. And Drake, Mumble Bear, Super Dave Osborne, Julie Andrews. I think there was, like, actually a bus. I saw a line for the bus. I saw Christopher. I said, oh, this is where you return to the... I said, said, is Michael Keaton here? But Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. Uh, But still no sign of Beetlejuice, and... uh, no, I, I honestly forget what happened after that. I just remember having my arms around some of the most uh, wonderful people from an earthly world and another world. And I remember Drake and Mumble Bear singing, and then they started singing, you know, The Hills Are Alive, and Drake was doing some freestyle. And I think we did, actually, I think we stayed up all night. We did do... Uh, I mean, you should have been there. We did, uh, we reenacted The Wizard of Oz. But I was, it was like I did it in character. I was Screech as the uh, Scarecrow. I think, yeah, we reenacted it with the Saved by the Bell cast. And it was pretty good. And I don't know if Saved by the Bell ever did that episode. Uh, Tiffany Amber Thiessen was Dorothy, 
who, uh, believe it or not, uh, Crawford and Hepburn, you know, argued over that, but I won't tell you who played Tiffany Amber Thiessen or, you know, the other characters. Maybe one day, you know, say, I mean, I know your first question was Belding, the, the Wizard of Oz. And I'll say, I can't answer that question. Who is a wicked witch? That's what you should be wondering. And of course, well, I can't tell you. Maybe another day you'll hear that story. A little Saved by the Bell. Uh, it wasn't fan fiction because we were doing it live. But I'm glad you're here. And this is me, you know, with a little Lisa Turtle inside of me saying good night. I want to say thank you and good night. I want to say good night. I want to say good night to Tabitha and her husband and her son and their banjo zipper. I want to say good night to Jovany. 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 Jovany, I want to say, uh, P. Thank you for the very uh, touching email. Good night, Camille. Happy Mum, good night. Martina, good night to 99% of you and 1% of you. Oh, Lulu, good night. Ren B, good night. And to the stats you do, good night. For, you know, until tomorrow when it's work time. Fail Zapper, good night. And Ahoy Sean, Sean, Shauna, Ahoy Shauna, good night, Fail Zapper's friend. Uh, good night, Dana on Facebook. Good night, Diane. Good night, Lida, Nick G, Melor, Ashley, Ahab's wife, and Jennifer B. Good night. Good night, Carrie. Good night, Laura. Good night, Alexandra and Brian. Good night, Roberto and Julie R. Good night, Libby. Good night, Angie B. And your comments. Thank you on the website. And over on YouTube, good night, VN. And over on iTunes, if sleeping me podcast, icon slash iTunes. I want to thank everyone for the reviews. Wild Lily, who like the flower, like the wild horses of flowers in, in swamps. Thank you and good night. Did I even tell a story? Did I even say thank you? Good night. Best sleep aid, says Artsy Nerd. And Artsy Nerd was dubious. I love the, the, that word dubious. It's so nice. Like skeptical is a little harder sounding, but dubious is a little more. So I might start using that instead of skeptical. Yeah, dubious. And then it's easier to go into a little uh, scatting doob, dooby doo instead of skeptical. You got to go, you know, then you get into your peptic type words, which could cause indigestion. Instead of saying doobie, doobie, dubious, I'm feeling dubious of Scooter because he's something that rhymes with dubious. Now let's move on. I want to say thank you to uh, GLH09, who says amazing. Good night to GLH and all the brain bots, but especially brain bot number 09. All the way from Canada, Lamb Chop 55. Now, this is, this is like being in a dream before you sleep. I'll tell you what's a dream. He's having a brain, brain bot that belongs to Lamb Chop, who I think was a, a puppet, one of the first puppet comedians, had a little thing called Lamb Chop. 
And I never became a puppet comedian or a puppeteer or, you know, but I said I always liked puppets as a kid. And I remember Lamb Chop. I can't remember much about it because it was a little bit before my time. But thank you, Lamb Chop. Uh, Kai Baby says, if you can't sleep, here's your answer. Good night, Kai Baby. Thank you. What a delight. What a delight. Uh, from Kai. Thanks. And it rhymes with hi. And I won't lie. Your review made me sigh. One day, just if I reread enough, it might make me cry. But don't ask why. Just say goodnight and thank you, Kai. Uh, Melissa, Melissa Ann says it's magic. Oh, thank you, Melissa Ann. And Melissa Ann says no reason to ask why for Melissa or Kai, as long as it goes on forever. Purist 2, so that's a, that's a top brain bot number 2 in the purist camp, all the way from Australia, meandering into sleep. Uh, they find it intriguing, and it gently works. It's it's not everyone's cup of tea, I'll agree with you too, purist. It's unusual, but our amiable storyteller deliberately drones on, rambling and meaningless, quietly funny wordplay, like having a radio on, but without disturb. Well, yeah, I do my best, thank you. And it's an amusing change, thank you, purist. Hammering Hamps says, as advertised, and they're just moved to Denver, Colorado, and it's hard to sleep at altitude. Well, thanks, Hammering Hamp. And I like that. I like the way that sounds, Hammering Hamp. It's like a hamper that's a baseball player, you know. They say, Jesus, is it, who's playing third base? Is that a hamper? And then most people would say, what's a hamper? And you say, well, now it's just something you buy. At, now it's called a Schmerleg when you buy it at Ikea, but they used to be called hampers. Uh, but, but yeah, that is a hamper. That's hammer and a hamp, the uh, hamper baseball ham. Is it a hamster? No, it's a, what was the word again? A hamper. It's like hamster, but the hamster's playing outfield, you know. And is that the hammer and hamster? No, no, hammer and ham plays third. The hamster in the outfield is Gary. Uh, uh, Zubikov is, but he happens to be a hamster. But he's Zubikov, and you know we tried to call him Zuba, you know Zuba the hamster, but then just Zuba. But he, he, you know, he didn't like it. He he chewed up all the bats one night, and the team had to forfeit that game. And they said, "Why'd you do it, Zuba?" And then he chewed up, you know, chewed up the old lockers because they had, you know, beautiful wooden lockers. But yeah, he, they, that's Hammer and Hamp on the, 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 the hamper that plays baseball back. You know, don't worry about Zubikov. Just call him, you know, Mr. Zubikov is what Gary likes to be called. Or Gary, if you're friends with him like I am. But we just wanted to thank Hammer and Hamp. Uh, Joe Zal from Erie uh, says it's an insomniac's dream. Mildly entertaining. Boom, you nailed that. And a trigger to fall asleep. Kind of like suggestion. But, but you know, more like, what does Scooter suggest when he suggests it's time to go? Well, he doesn't really suggest stuff. He kind of mentions it as well as that. It's a power of slobgestion, I'd say. It's like a, it's a slurgestion. Slurgestions. He doesn't suggest anything. He kind of slurs, more slobber, 
or a slur, however you like your s little words. But thanks, Joe Zale. Uh, C. Lie Jane says it's the podcast that puts you to sleep, the best podcast that puts you to sleep. And it always works for C. Lie Jane. C. Jane Lie. C. Jane. And then remember that there was those books with Dick and Jane at some point. Awesome Don Stoner says it really puts me to sleep. Now, the bad news for Don Stoner is Don Stoner just missed being in 420th of something. I think the 420th written review in the U.S. And I can't believe the odds. And I cannot, I'm not, I'm not joking or making this up to be funny. But I think Don Stoner was like review 422. So just to be in the 420s, he might, Don Stoner may have been 418, but let's say Don Stoner is 400, officially you're 420 in my book, Don Stoner. And Don's probably some 80-year-old friendly man. What what do you mean, Don? What's 420 stand for? I remember about Adam Route 420. Had a little chicken feed. And I ran down that road. It was raining that day. And, you know, I, I was trying to get home uh, to to watch the uh, uh, Country Time Lemonade Theater they had back in those days. And what were we talking—I was trying to figure out what you meant was 420. Were you talking about Ralph? Yeah, that's what I was talking about, Don. Mr. Stoner. A uh, girl in the red pants uh, says it's a true insomnia aid. Girl and the lady in the red pants is writing a review to me. It's nearly clear that I appreciate thee. And uh, lady, girl in the red pants, uh, girl in girl in red pants. Wait, what? Girl and uh, I, I may have mispronounced that. No, girl in red pants. And it says magical stuff. I think your review is magical to me. Uh, so very clear. Uh, X or Doc X uh, wrote a really nice long review. So I'll just say thank you and read this so gently to chant you off, rest you right off to sleep. This is from X or Doc X. Lullaby for adults. Remember being a child in bed the night of the big holiday, falling asleep to the comforting muffled sounds of pleasant hushed conversation between relatives, uh, barely discernible through the wall. The host's voice is soothing, appropriately monotone. Dead air and gaps in speech would be noticeable unless they're absent. Instead, there's a constant, steady stream of consciousness. What is said is incomplete nonsense, but there aren't any story arcs. Simple thoughts often go incomplete as new as new ones suddenly come up, sometimes tangential, sometimes completely unrelated. Kind of like a hamp, you know, kind of like hammer and hamp. Uh, but always some, somehow sounding as natural and appropriate like flowing water. It's a warm tone and a soothing cadence of Bob Ross without the requisite attention to what is being said or done. Another reason the podcast works for me is I'm using my iPad in bed before sleeping has become routine for me, which any sleep doctor will tell you is terrible sleep hygiene. 
makes it harder to sleep without the routine, but in following this iPad routine, I become increasingly stimulated as I play games or read through the headlines on the Internet. Worse, I listen to podcasts that make me think or laugh, getting me farther and farther from sleep. Sleep with me allows me to keep that part of my sleep routine of using my iPad without stimulating my mind. I find that when I'm trying to sleep, my thoughts drift from normal everyday ones to taking on a dreamlike element that that wouldn't run through my mind if I was awake and just thinking. In the course of a few minutes, the host to sleep with me brings up phrases and descriptions that evoke images in my head that seem to give a head stat to my dreamlike thoughts. Like a teacher giving a topic and showing a picture to students to help stimulate their writing skills. There are constant digressions without return to the initial story or topic, which has the effect of not needing to pay attention and not stimulating the mind as it listens carefully for closure. There is no closure as far as I can tell, although I've never stayed awake until the end of an episode. Make sure to set the timer so it shuts off after the episode is done. And that's from Zero is Xer Docs X. Thank you so much. And thank all of you for the reviews and the support and the kind words and just mostly for listening. I'm glad you're here. The air is just all here. Good night.